Hey, what is up, nerds? You know, before we drop this awesome podcast onto your ears, guess what I want to tell you about? Have you ever listened to the show and you thought to yourself, man, I want to wear what they're saying? Well, folks... We have that for you right now. That's right. All the content that you're hearing on the show and original content is located at the merch at nerdonomy.com. That's right. We have t-shirts. We have things that are made in the U.S. Support the Nerdonomy. Support the U.S. Just wear our stuff. Awesome. Sound check. Sound check. Check, check. Check, check, check one. Check one. Check, 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 one. check one. Check one. Check one. Hey, Brian. Yes, Eric. Did you know that at the first Thanksgiving that huh. Native Americans yeah. ate kale with chopsticks? Oh my god, really? Oh my god, that's amazing! No, not really. I've been bamboozled again! Welcome to Nerds on History, I am Eric Brickmont. And I'm Brian Moriarty. I think this is a really special time of year, Eric, what do you think? Absolutely. We almost kind of have to be programmed into thinking it's a special time of year, but in reality, it really honestly is a special time of year. Definitely. And Thanksgiving is always a time for family, functional or not. And uh, we thought tonight it'd be very special to bring our very functional Nerdonomy family together and have the Nerds on Film and the Nerds on History podcast come together for our, a very special episode. Our fusion episode. Our fusion episode. So without any further introduction, Sarah Ashley and David McGuire. Hi, guys. Come together right now. Over me. Is that our introduction then? <laughs> There's clearly a line in the sand between film. Sup, guys. Are we going to rumble? Yes. <laughs> we have to do it in the stylings of West Side Story. All right, Brian, start working on your pirouettes. I've already been working on them for three months. <laughs> I knew only five dollars. <laughs> well, thank you guys for having us on the the podcast. We're glad to be here. Yeah. Well, it's a bit overdue, I think. Yeah. I think it, uh, it's a pleasure to have you. Of course, there's and eleven episodes, the max of time that we can't be with each other. Beyond that, we weren't gonna. There was that was yeah. the point of no return. I think that's a legal agreement. Once every twelve episodes. Sure, yeah, okay. we sure. we have to have a crossover. Yeah, well, good. And then Eric with has, court supervision. Eric is always or uh, has been on our podcast too. So that's true. That's right. Eric subbed for David on the uh, episode on Star Trek, mm-hmm. the, the Undiscovered Country the, episode, uh, which I demanded it be named that because <laughs> I am that big of a Star Trek nerd that. Uh, Episode six for those of you who followed with the movies. Yeah. Anyway, it was a lot of fun. I had a good time. Thank you for having me at that time, and it's nice to have you guys uh, have you guys on this one. Oh shucks. Nice. Yeah. And what a way to ring in Thanksgiving than to actually have us do a little micro Thanksgiving tonight. Mm. And it was really good. Oh, my yeah. God, my stomach is literally on the verge of just bursting. Yeah. I might vomit. <laughs> Maybe. Not really. Let's let's probably not do that. We'll oh, save guys, that for a later episode. This we'll, mic just got disgusting. <laughs> we'll we'll do it. We'll do a test group on Facebook, and we'll okay. see how it tests. And all if right, it tests right. well, then we'll consider it for a future episode. All right, cool. Regardless <laughs> to say, we are we are bursting at the seams because it was it was delicious, and we all we all brought something. We all contributed, right? We did a little potluck. So I brought yeah. the uh, the microwaved uh, stuffing. From the stovetop stuffing, which actually tasted pretty decent. I was very pleased was with delicious. the way it turned out. You throw it in the oven for like five minutes. It gets a nice little crusty yeah. top to it. Not it gross good. crusty, but good crusty. Good yes, crusty. yes yeah. exactly. That's what I meant to say. Yes. I brought the candy dams. My mom's recipe. Oh, my God. Really good. So really good. They were really good. Yeah. I bought the store-bought pie. Yeah, you did. <laughs> because who has time to make pie anymore, you know? Right. I don't know. I mean, the crust on this pie was cement. So, as Eric's shirt can attest to. <laughs> <laughs> to get a little bit all over me there, didn't it? And I think... Oh, wait, Brian. I had the most sultry, what... I think, because okay, cause, yeah. cause our turkey that we got, which was... Because it came out of the oven, it, we had to flop it sideways to get it to go on the plate. <laughs> and it literally looked like it was a pinup <laughs> for and, posing. Pin-up and we will have that up on our website on Thanksgiving Day. Sure. And <laughs> on the Facebook I page. I, I think we'll, we'll have to put tweet up there. that absolutely yeah. as well. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that, that was a, that was a but, sexy turkey. It, it, was, it was really good, too, actually, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she it was. It turned out pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it, was very, was it was very, very well done. And, the, and your gravy turned out quite well. Which was kind of just a, a last-minute thing, you know? <laughs> Brian, Brian's idea was like, okay, we have everything. Oh, man, we, do we need a gravy, don't we? And everyone's like, uh, yeah. yeah. That was the <laughs> first thing you should have bought. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I did what you're traditionally supposed to do, which is take the drippings from the turkey and then add the 
the butter and the flour, whichever other thickeners you add to it. And, and then, then I threw some wine and milk in, and it worked. And oh my God, did it work. Yeah, it was yeah. quite good. It was very good. It was very good. It was like a little a cab gravy. It was awesome. Yeah. I don't know. Needed more wine. <laughs> <laughs> but in order to keep it in line with the first Thanksgiving, I think the most important contribution to the meal was the kale. <laughs> <laughs> Which, as we learned... Was legitimately at the first Thanksgiving. Right. Guys. We, we, we didn't Toads. do the chopsticks. We, we, we refrained from the chopsticks. <laughs> but we did uh, We did definitely enjoy the kale. So. Yeah. <laughs> and we were dressed up. Half of us were pilgrims. The other half were Native Americans. It was quite a sight to see. Yeah, that won't be on the Facebook page. <laughs> on the website. Partially because it didn't happen, but also because, yeah. Anyway, moving on. We've got a special episode today, folks. As we like to kind of stay within the themes uh, that kind of happen around us and the, the trends that follow us all around through history, we are obviously dedicating this episode to Thanksgiving and the history surrounding Thanksgiving. And it's an interesting history. And honestly, when we first kind of suggested doing it, we were a little concerned because we thought, well, you know, we know of Thanksgiving just from our own experiences, but right. how much history is there really behind the holiday? Not only that, but it's been a topic that's been discussed quite repeatedly about yeah. the history of Thanksgiving because we go over every year in school. Well, how was, what was the first Thanksgiving like, guys? You know, and It was on a rock with chopsticks and kale. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Not Something just any rock. Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock. Then you had to make those turkeys with your hand. Right. Ooh, and hand turkeys, it's my favorite. Or, to me, it was, it was so confusing were the pilgrim hats because you're supposed to cut out the brim but then the brim becomes the band, and so usually it really have this weird-looking, like, bishop hat. It's black with a yeah. buckle on it. And or, if you couldn't do it, then you just ended up making shoe buckles, and that was just, that was no fun. Or you used right. the old uh, oatmeal container to create the hat. Or was that just to become Abraham Lincoln? Like, I, I, I don't know. It's pretty interchangeable, I think. I never tried that one. Although you have inspiration on it, though, don't Clear, you? You're gonna... <laughs> Clearly, I'm the only one that's done this <laughs> within the last two weeks. Okay. <laughs> you know what David does on Friday nights now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think there's there's this very quick, short version that we all got the day before Thanksgiving in school, and then we had arts and crafts that kind of tied it all together, right? And then we, then we went home, and we had a four-day weekend, and it was fun. But other than that, I mean, we don't really explore the history of Thanksgiving all, all that much. We'll take it back to the beginning. Let's talk about the, the stereotypical first Thanksgiving. So that first Thanksgiving, obviously, who are the key players here, people? Pilgrims. The pilgrims, pilgrims, right. That's the one real factual bit that we get from school, right? They were actual pilgrims, but they weren't quite the Puritans that you find as pilgrims of later time. They were actually more, just more religious separatists. It was a time where these folks were, were just trying to be free and celebrate the religion that they wanted to celebrate. And they separated from the Church of England and came on over and tried to make a life for themselves. And it was difficult. It was extremely difficult. Yeah. Because I believe this time... The Puritans were actually more in control of the Church of England than the traditional Anglicanism. Wasn't this also like their third attempt to come over? Because before the the Mayflower, there were there were multiple attempts, and each time either they showed up half dead, or they didn't make it at all, or something along those lines. Am I correct? Oh me yeah, if I'm wrong? And, and you know there were a lot of terrible situations where they had set up shop and tried the best they could and died from either disease or starvation or what have you, and it just it was difficult. It was a difficult new world to live in, and they also had the the fact that they were now living alongside an indigenous population that were completely and totally unaware that they were going to be coming. You know, these are they are now uninvited guests on this on this continent. And there was a lot of hostility. You know, there was a lot of uh, difficulty trying to communicate and to get those intentions to cross the what they were there for. Um, there's that's a whole other episode, obviously. I mean, there's a lot to, to go into that when we talk about yeah. the colonization of the Americas. But yeah. re regardless, it was a difficult time. And so this concept and idea of giving thanks was not new to these folks. They had brought it over from England with them. It was a long-standing tradition, right? Absolutely. Giving thanks was done for all sorts of different reasons. You know, um, in this case, the first Thanksgiving was, oh, thank God we're still alive. Huzzah. Yeah. <laughs> and we're... We're going to get through a really, really hard winter. Yeah. It was almost like a morale boost. Yeah. Because well, and then when half the crew of the Mayflower, half the people who set out in the first place, died on the way there. So they were like celebrating, sweet, we made the journey. We actually saw land again. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And they had survived that, that first time there, thanks largely in part to the indigenous people who mm -hmm. were there, who were willing to go ahead and teach them the skills that they needed to live on this land without the proper food supplies that they brought with them. 
So they had to learn how to farm and they had to learn to take advantage of all the natural resources that were available to them and all the foods that they now had to learn how to eat. And so in 1621, uh, you had Governor William Bradford, who was the, the leader of that pilgrim group, pretty much declare, okay, well, thanks to these folks, they taught us what we needed to learn. We have actually an abundance of food. We're going to go ahead and sit down and have a three-day feast to celebrate this. And we're actually going to go ahead and invite some of those folks to come and join us from the neighboring tribe. I don't know if it's on your notes, but I believe it was also in December, actually. It wasn't originally in November. Yeah, I don't believe it was in November. It was a little bit later in the, yeah. in the harvest season. Yeah, it was almost like their Christmas, but not quite. Yeah, I think somewhere... it was a bit before that. Yeah. But it was definitely a time to give thanks because uh, it was very, very difficult. And uh, they owe a lot to Squanto. And this is a name that we kind of hear thrown around a little bit as well. But uh, Squanto was a, a really interesting individual because he was captured previously, sold as a slave in England, lived as a slave, organized a, a way to free himself from that servitude and actually made it back to his people. And in doing so, learned and picked up a lot of the English language and was able to help be that uh, in-between between the pilgrims and the Indians uh, and made a lot of that first year possible. Uh, unfortunately for him, he died of smallpox just a year later. Wah, wah. Yeah, kind of the... Uh... At least he got the feast. Yes, that's right. right? I mean, that's like... That's, that's important. Way to look on the bright side, David. Yeah. <laughs> they call me Morale Upper David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just it's kind of unfortunate because he wasn't really accepted by either party, though. Because here was now somebody who was an outsider trying to come back to his people and assimilate with his people. But now he still had this skill that he wanted to take advantage of. And so he was trying to help out these other folks that he had a, a common language with. Probably didn't appreciate them at all because, yeah. hey, you know, he's just a... Owned him yeah. as property. And it's really tough because in the Native American cultures, it's very much about carrying the traditions. And because he had adapted to what was considered the English culture, he was shunned immediately because of that, because he learned the language, because he learned to communicate in that fashion. It's kind of like when you have that friend in college who goes and he like studies abroad for a year and then he comes back and he's a total snob and you're like, I just don't want to hang out with that guy anymore. And he's wearing scarves for some reason. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Screw that guy. He now smokes a pipe. <laughs> Wait, we shouldn't be doing that? <laughs> Can you please put your pipe out? You're going to set something on fire. Just because you spent a summer in Belgium doesn't mean you're smarter than everybody. Um, well, the university would say otherwise. <laughs> okay, thanks. Just now, came back with an affinity for waffles. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, that's a fallacy. Belgian waffles are from France. Oh. French fries, ironically from Belgium. Interesting. Yeah, who knew? Save that for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bringing us back onto topic. Um, <laughs> actually, tying it into food for a second. Oh, God. I want to read. <laughs> no more food. Okay. <laughs> no more food. It's okay. I'm not eating it, nor are we going to see it. It's fine. Yeah. I, I do want to read, though, a list of some of the foods that they had at the first Thanksgiving that they Ooh. believe they had. Obviously, nobody wrote down like a grocery list, right? So this is just what we know <laughs> that they had available. The What's that grocery there? list? <laughs> yams? Okay, yams. <laughs> Whipped cream? <laughs> well, we have kale. Well, they don't have the <laughs> Okay, minus the kale. Uh, lobster. Yeah. Oh. Lobster. Rabbit. Okay. Chicken, as one might expect. Right. Fish. Okay. Uh, squashes. Beans. Mm -hmm. Chestnuts. Hickory nuts. Onions. Leeks. A variety of dried fruits that were available to them. Syrups and honey, like maple syrup. Radishes. Cabbages. Carrots. Eggs. Goat cheese. That sounds pretty good. I heard nothing about cranberry sauce from a can in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they hadn't quite invented the can. No, so no gelatinous they had the cranberry barrel. sauce. Yeah. <laughs> so this is actually interesting that you bring that up because they had cranberries, but they had insufficient means of sweetening them. So oh. they, were, they would have been too tart for them to enjoy. Oh. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Well, yeah. they could probably could have used honey if they tried. I mean, they had Yeah, but honey was in, was in... Considering we take honey for granted today because we just have everywhere, but... At the time, I mean, it took a lot of work to get just a small amount of honey because it's not like they had a bee farm necessarily. Right. Now, their buy. honey, was it in a little plastic tube that looked like a bear? This is actually the point where the honey bear became developed. Yes. <laughs> it was from 1621. <laughs> the, first, the first known use of it was at the first Thanksgiving. <laughs> Along with kale, right? Yeah, yeah. It was actually carved out of wood originally. <laughs> you guys are learning so much right now. <laughs> I, though, I think it's... Just thinking about it now, I think it would be a weird taste in your palate to have the the taste of lobster or seafood in general mixed with uh, with maple syrup. 
<laughs> They're but just it, sort of like, pass the sweet stuff down here, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you haven't tried, do you like the salmon? Oh, you should try it with the maple syrup. Mm-hmm. Really? <laughs> Actually, you know, I'm kind of on board with having lobster instead of turkey. Oh my god, yeah. Actually, well, I, I've had lobster a couple times at Christmas time, and... Yeah, so have I. Oh my god. I usually do steak so good. for Christmas. See, we do both. We do a little surf and turf nice. for ours. And I'm surprised. I, I've heard in some circles they had venison on the menu, too, as one of their meats. Well, keep in mind, this was this was the first Thanksgiving, so they had kind of slim pickings, but it wasn't certainly going to be the last Thanksgiving. Right. And like we said, the, the giving of thanks was a really common practice, and we would see it sporadically continue throughout the Americas uh, up until it was, became more or less kind of an officialized holiday, right? Mm-hmm. So particularly in the 13 colonies, there were lots and lots of different Thanksgivings with all sorts of different traditions that kind of went along with them. Uh, and I think even today in America, that's that's really not that uncommon, right? I'm sure we all kind of have our own, our family has our own little thing, right, that we have on Thanksgiving that maybe nobody else does. Mike, my friend, uh, they always do macaroni and cheese on Thanksgiving. That's awesome. And they do it so good because they, they take tortilla chips and they crumble it up on top of the macaroni and cheese and then they bake it in the oven so it forms this kind of crust on top. When we go off air, address and name and <laughs> Twitter account and I'll tweet him. <laughs> I want to go to there. <laughs> but, you know, it's it stands to reason, obviously, that all the different regions would kind of have their own right. different traditions yes. that would be tied yes. in with Actually, the holiday. So my mother lives in North Carolina and when she moved out there, their little tr- traditions are different. Out here, we do candy dams, at least in my family we do. In their family, they do a sweet potato casserole instead. Okay. What We we roast our turkey. Out there, they deep fry it. <laughs> um, and oh. if you haven't had deep fried turkey, you are missing out. It, it is, is the most succulent thing you will ever have. And it cooks quicker, too. It cooks in an hour. Yeah. So yeah, it's like faster. if you want a time efficient, <laughs> you know, because we're in Silicon Valley, we're always worried about time. Uh, What's the one where they stuff all the different birds together? Oh, the uh, tr- Duncan. Duncan. That's right. And what is it? It's a. It's, it's an ostrich. No. no. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, an ostrich. No, and a pigeon. It, and it weighs seventy-five it's pounds. A chicken, <laughs> it's a chicken and a duck and a turkey. Or if you watch Epic Meal Time, they did a chicken wrapped in bacon, stuffed in a duck, wrapped in bacon, stuffed in a turkey, wrapped in bacon, stuffed in a pig. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Oh. I'm pretty sure they did that. A turducken egg. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah tr- I've had turducken. It's actually quite good. Is it really? Yeah. yeah. Really? And what you yeah. usually do is you layer in between, almost like a stuffing in between the. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a the very meats. thin layer of stuffing in each. So you, to really, be so you put your most of your stuffing into the chicken, right? Because that's the one that has the cavity that is most available. And then right. around it, you put stuffing and then you stuff that into something. And so, yeah, so there's. It's like the rings of a tree. So you yeah. can certainly see where each. And the chicken yeah, is the one that odd. the chicken is the one that has the carcass the most intact because they they have to take out a lot of the bones for the um for the turkey and the duck in order for the whole structure mm-hmm. to work. See, I want an ostrich, <laughs> and then maybe like a small emu <laughs> <laughs> put in there, and then you can go with like a turkey, and then a chicken. Terosimu. <laughs> but he said chicken, so you have to work that. Terosimuken. <laughs> oh, and then like a little, like a little uh, hunting fowl like or something like that, like a little, little, like a like a pheasant. A I really quail, thought, perhaps for a second, yeah. I thought Eric was going to be like, yeah, and just a little bit of tiger. Just <laughs> <laughs> so for Thanksgiving, to thank God, we're going to play God. <laughs> <laughs> Franken turkey. Oh. Every November in- turns into Jurassic Park. Uh, <laughs> like just genetically Running engineered giant turkeys. <laughs> wait, wait. Okay, so then we take the ostrich and we put it into a T Rex. Yes. T Rex and let's say what Thai Tyranno Austri Emu Wicken plus turkey. Oh, the pilgrims would be so confused right now. (laughs) What are these people talking about? What's a podcast? (laughs) So, obviously, needless to say, there's many different Thanksgiving traditions out there. (laughs) And and some new ones that we may have just created right now. (laughs) But Thanksgiving, as it kind of evolved and changed, became really ingrained within the Americas as it was developing into the United States of America, right? In those 13 colonies. and. It was an important time of year, and it's certainly not the only kind of harvest celebration or festival that's performed around the world. I mean, it's not exclusive Mm -hmm. to just America. There's always a celebration. Here we have food now. We're not going to starve. Yay. 
let's dip into a little bit of it and enjoy it so that we can uh, kick off this rather difficult time coming up and you know start it on a, on a high note. Absolutely. Sarah, you had found some interesting information about what happened before Thanksgiving was a formalized holiday, as it is now in the United States, how it was observed in between the 1600s and the late 19th century. Oh, yeah. So I guess originally, it, like we said, it wasn't a formal holiday. They just kind of would randomly pick times like, hey, let's let's just have a Thanksgiving and let's just honor it. And it would be kind of different um, colony to colony, state to state. Um, and then eventually, uh, after the American Revolution and um, Continental Congress happened, uh, George Washington kind of declared an official national Thanksgiving for everybody to celebrate. And then even then, it still wasn't quite formal. It was just the presidents um, following James Madison, John Adams, not in that order, <laughs> would, um, would... Fail. Ah, <laughs> oh, now I'm kicked off the history podcast. <laughs> They would just pick times to to have Thanksgivings during their their presidencies, and then it became um, officially formalized later. Um, I think in 1817, New York was the first of several states to actually officially adopt an annual Thanksgiving holiday. Right. So. And it wasn't until 1863 where Abraham Lincoln declared a more formalized holiday that yes. would happen every year on the last Thursday of November. And according to Eric's further research, it's toppled back and forth. It wasn't always the last Thursday for a long time. It was the fourth Thursday. Now it's the last Thursday again. That, that had to do um, a lot with just the term of FDR and the, and the Great Depression and America being yeah. involved in the Second yeah. World War. Before we jump there, though, if I can jump back for a second, back to Lincoln's time, because the whole concept idea of a national Thanksgiving holiday is thanks largely in part to the fact that the Civil War happened. And it was really an attempt to... Bring kind of the country bring, together. Yeah, bring yeah. the country together and keep it from tearing itself apart. Yeah. Uh, and we owe a lot of that to Sarah Josepha Hale, who was an American Magazine editor, uh, who wrote several articles on, on the subject. And correct me if I'm wrong, Sarah, but did she address Abraham Lincoln himself? I believe that she actually did address him directly, like wrote him a specific letter, but she she launched basically an entire national campaign yeah. to have it be official. What I find funny is that even this early, we're seeing the media being used to influence cultural habits. So I think that's really, really cool. The media actually is partially to thank for, right? for Thanksgiving being the way it is. And that's propagated the whole idea of Thanksgiving being well, this even you guys mentioned annual it, holiday. In last week's episode were about the Electoral College, you know, that... With all the propaganda to help kind of fuel votes, the media was also played a part there. I think here it's even more astounding that it propagated an entire holiday for people to come together. So that's that's really fantastic. Now, it's interesting to note, though, that even though Lincoln had declared a, a national Thanksgiving, obviously the southern states were not on board for it. So they did not observe Thanksgiving. I'm shocked. Uh, in the Confederacy. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking, I know. Um and it wouldn't be until the 1870s that you would find all of the states of the United States participating uh, as one and celebrating a national Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It yeah. certainly is. And to fast forward again, you were mentioning that FDR, the reason why the date changed between the last Thursday and the fourth Thursday right. was because during his administration, or one of his several administrations, it was on the 30th. Yes, it was in 1939. On that year, as it will be next year... So this would have been his second term at this point. Yes. Yeah. As it will be next year, uh, Thanksgiving to be celebrated very late in the year. Uh, it was going to be celebrated on the 30th of November, which, as we all know, even at that time, it was considered the start of the traditional holiday shopping season. Mm -hmm. And so with the economy spiraling out of control and Europe now being engulfed in a, in a terrible war that had just started a month earlier when Hitler invaded Poland, he decided, okay, well... I'm going to give people a little bit more time to shop, so I'm going to change this, I'm going to amend this, and now we're going to go ahead and celebrate Thanksgiving not on the last Thursday of the month, but instead on the fourth Thursday of the month, which would bump it up to, I think it was like the, the 23rd. Which is about, almost about where it's being celebrated this year. I think it's this 22nd this year that yes. it's being right. celebrated on. But that's, that's more coincidence than anything. It, exactly. Next year it's actually going to be much later. It's, I think it's going to be like the 28th or 29th. Right. And uh, Congress eventually later voted to switch it back to Oh, the yes they did. Because people were really not happy about it. And in fact, many people in 1939, uh, many states celebrated two Thanksgivings. 
they celebrated it when it was nationally declared and when people you know had the day off, and then they celebrated it on the day that it was yeah. originally planned to have that. But this is not the only time that the government has switched around holidays to influence economic growth. They changed daylight savings time one year because they knew it was going to, and this is due to lobbyists trying to boost barbecue sales. Literally, the barbecue companies hired lobbyists to get Congress to make daylight savings time. Shut up, really? I'm dead serious. This happened in like the late 90s, early 2000s. They got daylight savings time to start earlier so that people would buy grills earlier I'm sorry. for this time out, summer. Time out. The whole point of daylight savings time is astrological. <laughs> Right. Well, well like, not no. quite. Right. I mean, but that's it's to deal with crops and no. Daylight savings time was invented. <laughs> <laughs> daylight saving times was invented in England during the very first World War and was quickly adopted by the United States in order to provide more daylight hours for the factories, the munitions factories in particular, to stay open so that they could keep people working. And it just water. so happened that it would also coincide with the summer solstice, which is what you're referring to, the yes, days staying off, longer. But... It's so funny you say that, though, because we were having dinner for my father's birthday not that long ago. My godfather was there. This topic came up because my brother-in-law is from Arizona, where they do oh, not they observe. Don't they don't, yeah, they don't. They don't observe it. And he thought it was the stupidest thing when he moved to California. He's like, this is absolutely ridiculous. Why are we doing this? He never grew up with it. He never was exposed to it at all. Because, bro, when fall comes around, you get an extra hour of sleep. But you're the getting it back. I know, I know. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, because you lose it in the spring, right? But we had the same conversation, and my godfather said the same exact thing. And I guess he, he was like, well, that's what they told me in school. So I wonder if there's something that kind of just got mixed up. In- well, yes. Yeah, so, so they tell you about, you know, rocks, kale, chopsticks, and also <laughs> astrological affiliations to the, uh, the whole daylight savings time. I learned it in school. That's... That's where I kept that knowledge. Yeah. Thank you, well, I mean, California's there, public education system. There's a Clearly certain I can't shift in sun, though, like yeah. in conjunction with the Earth. So I, 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 did, naturally yeah. I just didn't realize I need to correct myself, because I believe it's actually not summer solstice. It's the vernal equinox, is what I meant to say, not the... Well, the vernal equinox is observed in spring. The autumnal equinox is in fall. Right, and then daylight savings time begins in spring. Right, and then catches up in fall. Yes, yeah. exactly. Thank you. So, sorry, I just wanted to make sure that was clear. Anyway. Anyhow, <laughs> back to Thanksgiving. Back to back Thanksgiving. To Thanksgiving. It is literally propaganda. How do you guys feel about that? We celebrate propaganda every year. Why not? Um, Spurs the economy. We kind of celebrate propaganda every day, dude. (laughs) I mean, especially in November. If you think about it, if November is more propaganda, then the entire election process is propaganda. So the entire month of October to November is full of propaganda from both sides and lobbying you trying to select something. Including August if you want to encompass the entire Christmas shopping season. Yes. See, I like to think of propaganda as political cheerleading. You know, it's all a lot of fluff. It doesn't really have any substance behind it, but it sure makes you feel different and good. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, did you guys know, to talk about the whole tie-in with Christmas, of course, did you know that the first Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade was actually not called the Thanksgiving Day Parade? It was called the Macy's Christmas Parade. Hmm. Really? It was. Because it was kicking off the shopping season. Kicking off the Christmas shopping season, because everyone traditionally would start their shopping season the day after Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. That was more of just of a a coincidence, I think. And then they capitalized on it. Now, of course, we call it Black Friday for a couple different reasons. One, because a lot of people's retailers' numbers go from red to black. And if you work retail, it's because it's this looming cloud of... I'm working 16 hours. <laughs> exactly. And it just an unnatural, pure hatred for consumerism just <laughs> resides inside of you and comes out on Black Friday. Yeah. Uh, Been there, that, done and that. it's the it's the dark black circles under your eyes <laughs> from staying up to the night before for the deal buster yeah. free television at midnight, set. Right. The, or no, the, it's like a hundred dollar TV set if you're the first five people in line at some retail store who knows where. Hey, Susie needs an iPad, all right? <laughs> oh man. I I worked at an electronics store and that was my first and only Black Friday. I will never do it again in my life. Ever. I've worked a number of retail jobs both in electronics and in food service during Black Friday and it sucks either way because even if you're not in the electronics part of it or the retail side where people are just buying crap left and right, you're, you're supplying s- coffee. You're giving coffee or, or food to them. And it's just, it's bad business altogether. Yeah. Pretty much. I think I was most appalled when they said, yeah, you have to be here at 3.30. I was like, what? In the morning? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I took the morning shift. I wanted, That's ungodly. I want, well, because they opened the doors at like 4.35. And you have to be prepped and you have to be ready to go. Luckily, I, I managed to swindle just having them put me at a register. They're like, we're going to put you on the sales floor. I'm like, if you want product to move, you will not put me on the sales floor. Put me on a place where I just have to plug in numbers. That is what you should put me on. 
for your safety. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yes, okay, that's fine. You, you'll work over cashier. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I still managed to mess that up because I thought, you know, the coupon's like one per person. I let it work, go for like five other people. So if you think about it, I'm, I'm the reason that company went out of business. Anywho. <laughs> um, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> yeah. Ever since it was formalized, you know, it's really taken on this more personal meaning. You know, there is a lot of commercialization around Christmas, but never really about Thanksgiving. Because I think in a weird way, culturally, we find Thanksgiving sacred as Americans. Yes, we do have the, yes, get your turkeys. Yes, get your Pillsbury crescents for the big meal, whatever it is. But I don't feel like there's as much marketing for Thanksgiving as there is for Christmas. I probably could count maybe one or two Thanksgiving-themed commercials that I see. Most of them already are Christmas. Right, because it started literally the day after Halloween pretty much this year. I think Thanksgiving, from a marketing standpoint, is just the prep time for Christmas. Mm -hmm. You know, Black Fridays, it's really its biggest advertising point. We do sell, uh, on average, 280 million turkeys every year in the United States. And if you think about how much you pay for your, your turkey, I mean, that, $30 that's, at least. That's a lot of money that's being generated. But if you think about the advertising that you see on television and things of that nature, you're, you're really seeing what happens the day after Thanksgiving. Right. And then the ultimate impact for what that really means is okay, this is the starting of the holiday season. What you're buying for is Christmas. So I think as a holiday, it's actually, it's a great holiday because it's just kind of one of those little, let's just get together for the sake of get together. Let's not really worry about the whole buying gifts for anyone or things of that nature. You're just there to be with each other. And right. that's that, and you get to stuff your face until you're sick. Totally. So. And the cool thing I like about that is that every family does something just a little bit different with their own version of Thanksgiving. Yes, of course, turkey has become the traditional main entree of the meal, but not always the case, right? My friend who I went to high school with uh, is Italian, and he always talks about how they do turkey, but they'd also have ravioli next to it, too. And it's like that kind of... I want to go to that house. (laughs) (laughs) So wait, we have macaroni, we have ravioli. Oh, wait, hold on. Ravioli stuffed inside of the turkey? (laughs) (laughs) In in an ostrich. (laughs) In a a T-Rex. Inside a T-Rex, right. So we're not going to do a turkey inside, like, one giant ravioli. (laughs) That, would, that be would be kind of that amazing. That sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're trying to break into it. You literally sh- need, to, like, need to use the pool to cook, <laughs> to cook, cook it. <laughs> the jacuzzi. <laughs> the jacuzzi. <laughs> Crank it up to 150, son. Right, Dad. Hey, uh, uh, Rob, what's that in your jacuzzi over there? Oh, don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's a little turkey-oli. <laughs> turkey-oli, yeah, I like All it. All right, guys, so if it tastes like chlorine, just move past it. It's fine. <laughs> it's sterile. That means it's clean. <laughs> hey, yeah. Uh, Susie, pour another gravy packet in the filter there. That's two and one does for the taste. Oh my God. Apparently everyone just grow, like is in New Jersey in this, in this one scenario. Susie, I said one packet, not two. One. Oh. Oh. Listeners, I hope you're laughing as hard as we are. Oh, man. This is um, why we need you guys on the podcast. Oh my right. I'll tell you something ironic. At least it's ironic to me. Maybe not. Maybe it makes sense because we have the largest population in the United States. But Californians eat more turkey every Thanksgiving than any other state in the United States. Well, I think it's because it is that ingrained tradition. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, I've seen maybe ham brought to the table mm. as a secondary option. So now you have a turkey and a ham. It's... Oh, man, that's but a lot. That is a lot of food. But I mean, I don't think I've ever like this idea of you know lobster and and you know seafood and, and things of that nature never would have crossed my mind. Yeah, because it's not quote unquote traditional. If you think about it, there are in, in where we are now for Thanksgiving dinners. There's a few traditional items that have to be on the table to be considered Thanksgiving. But most of the and populace. most of them are based off of like the New England version of Thanksgiving. Right. right. So you have the turkey, cranberry you, sauce, cranberry sauce, stuffing, stuffing, right. stuffing inside of the turkey. Mashed potatoes, gravy, yams. Yams yeah. and mashed potatoes are probably interchangeable. Uh, I think they're used at the same time. Yeah. I think you need both too. That's just me, but my family will know know that I love yams. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> that I love yams. Thank I think you for he telling loves yams. I think so. Just a guess. I'm kinda curious how everyone's Thanksgiving usually plays out. Because I, I feel like everyone's thinks that they're all the same, but they're probably all very, very different. In my family, when we sit down and we have Thanksgiving, we don't actually usually do turkey. We kind of go against the grain. Uh, my mom usually cooks chickens. And partly is this is because my grandmother absolutely hated turkey. And if you pissed off my grandma 
at any time, not to mention during a holiday, everything was ruined. And so we usually just had chicken instead. It was a lot easier. Um, But we would do chicken, and then my mom would make her own stuffing. She made it from scratch. Breadcrumbs like she would and everything. toast the bread and everything. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. And she would do it with really small diced cinnamon apples. Oh, mm-hmm. and it became this just—it was so good. It was mm. absolutely delicious. And it's a lot of work. And my sister would always kind of help her out in the kitchen. And all the guys would just kind of sit around in the living room. But we never really watched sports. I know that football was kind of a big thing on <laughs> on Thanksgiving. But we we never watched sports. Watch we Nutcracker. No, we didn't do that either. <laughs> we don't watch a lot of TV on it Thanksgiving. We mostly listen to my dad. Because my dad is the great storyteller. And we would listen to the same story that we had heard since birth over again and over again and over again. And dad would tell it the same exact way without any variation uh, or exaggeration. Good. And that's our... At that point, it's almost a spectacle because you're like, can you keep it up? Yeah, it's, I know. It's like, it's like Kabuki at that point, you know? It is kind of, actually, because he tells the same exact story. Do stories. you guys put money on it to see if he's going to deviate at all? Like, 10 bucks says he's going to deviate this year. No way, man. We do now. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so, Sarah, what's your kind of Thanksgiving tradition? Um, well, it's it's changed a little bit now that uh, I'm older and uh, my family's kind of all across the country. And, uh, you know, some certain family members, unfortunately, have passed away who really kind of were a, a family glue, I, w- I want to say. But when I was a kid, it was definitely um, we would gather all at um, one family member's house somebody would host for the year and because we were all made up of cousins second cousins and (laughs) random kind of assortments of 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 family members and stuff we would all be kind of all over the place on card tables in the living room (laughs) spread out in the dining room sometimes in the backyard you know wherever we would all fit and you know we had turkey which i'm not a fan of turkey so I would eat a little bit, and then they would always... Get out. I know. You could have fooled me tonight. I did not eat that much, though, if you saw, and I did really? not go back for seconds. Nope. <laughs> I, I eat I eat turkey because I'm like, it's Thanksgiving, I have to. And then, but they, after a while, they started buying ham as, a, as an addition, like mm-hmm. you said, David. And so they'd buy the ham, and then they'd be like, this is for Sarah. Make sure you eat a lot of ham, Sarah, because we bought you a ham. And I'm like, I can't eat a whole ham. And now I don't like ham for the holidays either. There's just no pleasing you. No. Okay, so Thanksgiving's usually play out the same thing every year. It's the same traditions. And I have now gotten to the point where I would really love a Thanksgiving off where I could just hang out at my house by myself, eating a pumpkin pie, watching the parade. And then I'll go take a nap. Like that's that's the <laughs> that's Thanksgiving that I want. Yeah. <laughs> but that actually sounds really nice. Doesn't that, that yeah. sound that really sounds... nice? Not. And I love my family. I really do. Anybody who's listening, y'all know I love you. But I just, I, I Thanksgiving by myself would be so wonderful. <laughs> but you have to be in the most like grungiest of clothes. Oh yeah. I probably would stay in my pajamas for over 24 hours. Each article of clothing must have a minimum three hole <laughs> requirement. Okay. And uh, bonus points, without a hole, there has to be at least one giant stain. Right. You, okay. You, you get the bonus points if there's one toe sticking out. Gotcha. Okay. It yeah. has to be, you know, artificially made, not, you know. Not by you just cutting it. Oh, yeah. it has to be an authentic, has to be yeah, worn authentic that point. toe hole in yes. my sock. <laughs> so just, yeah, just like start. We'll know. We'll look at the cut. Okay. <laughs> start walking very, very intensely on the carpet. <laughs> very, that works. She's just sort of like, don't pick oh, up what are you doing? She's like, I'm trying to make a goal. <laughs> <laughs> I've got till next year to do this, guys. <laughs> David. Yes. I had really fond memory because my Thanksgivings now have been so sporadic because, you know, I'm, I'm one of five. And so everybody's stories are all different. And so this year we're going to my mom's mom down in Monterey and it's going to be everybody all together and eating. But as a kid, it was always at my dad's parents, my grandparents who lived in Arizona. And my grandmother had a tradition of making shrimp cocktail for everybody prior which is weird that I mentioned because I never did it. I, I was never really into shellfish. But, uh, yeah, she would make shrimp cocktail and pass it around in the little itty-bitty dishes. And everybody would kind of have that as the appetizer. And That's cool. Yeah. Uh, and us kids, there were three of us in the family. Like, you know, we're all about maybe a year apart. 
and we would sit at this card table and just eat whatever was there. But I mean, mashed potatoes. My grandmother from Arizona, Mickey, oh man, her mashed potatoes, out of this world. And it's so simple. And I think it's probably just because I'm just, I love her so much and that's why they taste so good. But oh man, they are delish. Uh, there was actually one time you had a thought, yes. Skins or no skins? I think it's no skins. For her, it's no skins. Gotcha. I've I've now grown accustomed to like the small red potatoes with the skins. Equally as delicious, but uh, <laughs> I like these potatoes so much that my grandfather, when he was alive, he made them one night, he freezed them, and then he bought a little jar of gravy and he overnighted the package to me because and with a note that said, you know, we know that you really like grandma's mashed potatoes. We had them last night. Here's some for you. That is so sweet. Oh, man. It broke my heart. That guy, I love that man to pieces, but... Always fond memories of being there because, I mean, there was candied yams with itty-bitty marshmallows still sticking out that are scorched, uh, turkey, the can, the gelatinous can that jiggles as people, you know, stick their spoon into it. So, I mean, very, very basic, but the, the shrimp cocktail always stuck out for me. That's awesome. Yeah. Bri, take it home. Take it home. Well, so for me, I discovered a very passionate love for the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And I, to this day, I watch it every year. It was and the Rockettes, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. It Actually, really it was, was the Power Rangers that did their, like, display. That's what happened last year. Remember, I went yeah. on about that last yeah. year. Yeah. So um, I watch it every year. And even to the to the annoyance of my family members, like, you're two hours in. Can we turn it off now? Seriously? I was like, No! <laughs> Please, let me do this. I'm waiting for Santa. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember that that's part of it. I have to be up early enough every year to watch that. So I'm always I'm always up at like 8 a.m. on Thanksgiving. It just it just happens. Okay. You never Even, have DVR now, right? <laughs> King Sarah, <laughs> let, let me really? have my moment. <laughs> let me have my moment. But that way you can fast forward through the commercials. I've gotten in the habit of doing is maybe waiting 15 minutes. Sure. And then starting the DVR and then doing a doing the fast forward just a go. little bit. Smart, smart move. Yeah. So that does help a little bit. So we do that. And our meal is very much what we're talking about, a lot of the traditions that we know of. I'm surprised no one's mentioned green bean casserole. Oh, yeah. Because green bean casserole. With, yeah, with Campbell's uh, cream and mushroom soup. Yeah. And and French's onion crunchies. Yes, indeed. We never did it. Yeah. We, we'd what? have green beans, but they'd always be like uh, sautéed in some olive oil or something like that. That but sounds we, a lot classier. Yeah. Well, we, we are French, so yeah. you know, we yeah. have to be very, very French yeah. when we so eat. There was always that in the household. My dad loves stuffing like to him like literally we would have one turkey and three separate pans of stuffing that oh he would God. make oh yeah he he loves his stuffing and he would take um italian sausage and fry it up and then put that in the nice. stuffing Brian, i've invited myself over to your father's <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're taking a trip to colorado Un- <laughs> unbelievable stuffing dad i know you're listening my dad is a fan of the podcast by Yay. the way yeah dad i love you man with all my heart and soul I miss your stuffing. <laughs> I, I'm getting a little emotional, actually. Oh, my God. Uh, you okay? Yeah. I'm fine. So, anyway. Needless to say, Thanksgiving is a really wonderful time. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we've all got some pretty awesome memories, a lot of great feelings that come from it, and you can't go wrong with Thanksgiving. I mean, you hear the stereotypical, oh, everybody just fights on Thanksgiving. It's awful. Oh, why would I ever want to get together with my family? Because everyone's just going to start to argue and complain. But you know what? When you really think about it, when you really put it into perspective, though, Thanksgiving is pretty amazing. Because it's nice to be with your family. And even if you tend to have that one cousin or that one sibling that you just kind of maybe don't always rub the right way or they don't rub you the right way, at least you get to be with them. And, you know, it, it's it's a good time because uh, family's important. And it's a, it's a great holiday to kind of support that and bring everyone close together. They're all that you have. Now, would you guys do the... um? Going around the circle and say what you're thankful for at all? Yes. Yeah, I think we always do. That's almost the, the one common thread. We never did it. You never did it? Really? What? Not even once. We did it very, very sporadically because, again, card tables. We were all scattered about, so nobody was like really. I think I tried to, to get them to do that a few times when I was a kid because I was like, oh, Thanksgiving, we're totally going to be. And yeah, no. It's not one of those things. It, that it sticks. depends with us because there have been times where we can't always get everybody together. Right. And it also depends if I'm on my mom's side or my dad's side. My dad's family's enormous. My mom's side, every Thanksgiving is a family reunion basically because it's small enough that we can all fit in, in one right, house. Right. And if we can all fit around one table, basically we can do the circle and say what, we th- what we're thankful for. We have two very important reasons why we don't do it. One, <laughs> my parents, eh, they're not really all into that much of the sentimental aspect of it. And two, nobody wants to interrupt my dad. So, <laughs> because not just before the dinner, but during the dinner. <laughs> the story continues. The, the stories continue. 
and no one wants to interrupt him. So, you know, yeah. we're thankful for that. We're thankful for dad and his stories. Well, I have just a couple little funny turkey factoids that I want to throw out there real quick. Please, share your turkey factoids. Just to kind of wrap gobble, things gobble. up for just today. Some interesting research that I found. So the average weight of a turkey purchased at Thanksgiving is 15 pounds. Ooh. It's a pretty big bird on average, right? How big was yours tonight? Mine was, I think, just under 20. Actually, no, 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 no it can't be 20. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Yours was like giant. 10. 10, yeah. 12, maybe. Yeah. It was a pretty it, small turkey. Yeah, I mean, you... I was probably thinking about how much money I spent for it. Uh, <laughs> so I probably spent about $30. <laughs> it's probably a dollar a pound. <laughs> I think mine was about 10 pounds, you're right, because it was okay. about $3 a pound, and okay. I paid about $30 for my turkey. So apparently, the heaviest turkey ever raised was 86 pounds. Oh, and it took my God. three days to cook. <laughs> cook oh, in the oven. my God. Did they have to, like, bulldoze down the turkey coop? <laughs> was his butt grafted to the roost? <laughs> they, needed five men with, they needed five men with a shotgun and a hatchet to take the turkey down. <laughs> Apparently, it says here... You could have stuffed an entire bed with his feathers. Apparently, it says it was about the size of a large dog. <laughs> So, so did they have to like roll? Can you just imagine just like rolling it into the kitchen, like, honey, look what I got. <laughs> Mom, Pa are gonna be real happy. It's, it's, it's strapped to the roof of the car Covered. with like bungee cords. <laughs> the people are covering the Christmas trees. They look over, they see the turkey, they get to drive. The driver's just like, that's right, turkey. I just feel like it would have been so, just like, okay, it's time for you to kill the turkey. With what? With like, wait, uh, just me. <laughs> We're going to no. need a tank. You're gonna, <laughs> so, like, three guys go out there with a shotgun and a hatchet and some nunchucks just to, just to keep it. Just to keep I, I'm imagining, like, Roman Colosseum gladiator style. <laughs> just well, lock them in there. Why do I feel like Sci-Fi Channel's making this, like, you know... Turkey Geddon. Turkey Geddon. <laughs> Turkey Geddon versus Shark Octopus. <laughs> it's Shark or, or Sharknado, apparently. Oh, Sharknado's my God. Really I will say... Turkey has more protein than beef or chicken. It's the leanest, too. It is. The average turkey has about 70% white meat, 30% dark meat. At maturity, Uh turkeys have 3,500 feathers. Who knew? The turkey's dead, probably, but who knew? Do do you think turkeys can count? (laughs) 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 Touche. So I have one last thing to time for turkeys. When I was in high school, Uh I had a friend... And uh, he told me this really interesting story about a time he went camping. And here in the Bay Area, we actually have wild turkeys. They live in the area. And uh, when he was up camping, he was taking a shower in one of those, you know, it's one of those camp spots that had just one of those real quick, just kind of walk-in showers. They don't really have any, like, doors on them. There's just, like, a a really long corridor in a corner, so you can't see anything that's going on on the inside. And uh, as he was taking a shower, he turned around because he heard this little... Little teeny tiny footsteps that were coming towards him. And he turns around and there's this turkey in the shower with him all of a sudden. <laughs> and the turkey freaks out and starts flapping its wings violently. <laughs> and my friend just runs out of the shower into the campground completely naked with a turkey chasing him from behind. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's just the click. <laughs> it'd, be bad. Wow. it'd be great if nobody was there when this event occurred. So the one he's back at the camp naked and everyone comes back from like, you know, getting water. They're like, oh, man, what the hell happened? He's like, you guys are not going to believe me. <laughs> hey, um, my dad lives in Washington on a on a farm. On a, he has a five-acre farm, and um, he lives next door to more farms. And uh, the people who live next door to him, they've got an apple orchard, but they also raise a lot of fowl. Um, they've got guinea hens and chickens and geese and turkeys. And, I mean, I grew up in the burbs, you know? <laughs> like, so I... I don't see turkeys just hanging out that often. And uh, I remember going into the kitchen one day, and it's like early in the morning, and I'm pouring myself a cup of coffee, and I look out the window, and I'm kind of enjoying the nice, pretty Washington scenery, and then I look across the way, and there's like 10 turkeys just sitting in the tree. Staring at you. (laughs) K-I-S-S-I-N-G. Dad? Why are there turkeys in the tree? <laughs> well, so common common misconception, turkeys can fly. They can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wild turkeys can fly. Not Absolutely. terribly well, but they can. No, and they don't go for very high distances. No. Like, the tree probably was the highest they could go. Yes. And they got tired, and they're like, 
well, crap, what do I do now? Taking <laughs> I'm taking a branch break. Well, and then they all, they all flock down, like, in one giant swoop, like, ten turkeys just, like, descended from the tree, and I was like, where the hell am I? <laughs> was it terrifying? It was a little scary. If I wasn't indoors, I would have probably gone running. <laughs> Birds, too. Wild turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. There's Hitchcock just going like, hmm, yeah, it's good. Hmm. <laughs> we should have released it on Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> so, Brian, friends, Nerdonomy family, this has been a lot of fun. Yay, fun. I'll just say, I really think this is what Thanksgiving is all about, is being with the people that you care about, being with your family, whomever they might be. It's your extended family. It's your biological family. It's whoever you want to be with that makes you happy this time of year. And you know what? It's a great tradition. Go out there and just kind of celebrate it for the sake of it. It can be completely and totally secular, even though, you know, it has its origins with folks who are traditionally celebrating for religious reasons. It doesn't have to be religious at all. It can just be about being with your family and grateful for the harvest and grateful for the food that you have in front of you. Absolutely. And guys, please don't take our word for it. We always say go to the library, but depending on what part of the country you're in, you can experience some really cool live reenactments of what the pilgrim colonies looked like and how they observed Thanksgiving. And of course, go back to the library and read more about it. But do something special. Try to learn something just a little bit more about where your traditions come from and uh, cherish those. I think yeah. really good. And with that, you know, you guys can follow us on Twitter at Nerdonomy. And uh, I think you can also can follow David on yes, his Twitter. I am at, uh, at David C. McGuire. I am at Brian Moriarty. I am at The Brickmont. The Brickmonts. There you go. And you can email us at thenerds at neuronomy.com or at thebrickmont at neuronomy.com. Brian with a Y at neuronomy.com. And David, David with a D at neuronomy.com. <laughs> and Sarah at neuronomy.com. That's S-A-R-A-H. Absolutely. And, of course, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a review. We'd love to hear what you think Which, about the show. Which, by the way, congratulations, Nerd yeah. on History. Oh, my God. We have to... We well, have to, I we mean, we, we, we were talking about Thanksgiving, but I think now this is an appropriate time about to say... be thankful for it. Uh, yeah, yeah, to be thankful for Absolutely. the fact that you guys did this. You yeah. guys hit new and noteworthy on iTunes. Nerds on History did, and we're very, very proud to be associated with, and with this I think podcast. not surprisingly, it also happened the same day where we hit 1,000 subscribers. Yeah, for... I think that's probably why you hit new and noteworthy. It's probably <laughs> another <laughs> thing. Yeah. To find um, it, go to, uh, I believe the pathway was, especially if you're on a mobile device, uh, go to your podcast app, open up um, library or catalog, and look up social and... Society and culture. So, society and culture. Yeah. And then click on new and noteworthy. And new and noteworthy. That's if and, you are on an iPhone. And yes. if you're on a computer, just go to iTunes and, and go to the up, podcast page. And, it's, and there's podcasts. a there's a sub page for that too. It works the same same organization. Yes, we are very grateful to all of our listeners who helped to make that possible. Thank you guys so much for your support. Thank you for your, your continued support on Facebook. We love to hear from you, folks. David, Sarah, Brian, good night. Good night. Good night. I'm thankful for you guys. We're thankful for you too, Sarah. And good luck. 